Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I are joined by Matt Derrick, the beat writer for Chiefs Digest. Uh, this is going to be a fun pod, but before we get to the lighter stuff and reliving the Super Bowl championship and, and looking uh, forward to the offseason, uh, we're going to start with the, the sad news of the parade. Uh, Matt, you had kind of a, a unique thing when you were covering it, you know, listening to the, the speeches and stuff. If you could kind of take uh, listeners through what that experience must have been like. Yeah, I, I was from a distance. I was watching from home because uh, I've I've learned that that's much easier for being able to cover a parade and the speeches. And mm-hmm. um, obviously was getting ready to write about Chris Jones and what he said and, and what some of the other players had said that was notable. Um, and, and just as the broadcast was, was leaving off, I, I, I heard the pops on the broadcast wow. and could hear wow. it in the background. And I thought that doesn't sound like fireworks. And then once the, I, cause I was watching on KSHB here in Kansas city. And, and once the anchors started responding to it and talking about the people, uh, running in, you know, near the building and then out of the building, I mean, obviously it became apparent that there was something else going on. Uh, so I can only imagine what it was like for the people who were there and, and going through it. Um, these are supposed to be community events that bring us together, not not the end a, a tragic way like that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that the loss of life wasn't worse. It could have been so much worse, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that um, does it absolutely makes you think. And you know, it's it's. I, I I don't I talk to a lot of people who were there and I know they've they've def- definitely been affected by it. Yeah, it's not it's not hard to be right, man. In, in those situations, I think the whole country, you know, was affected by it. And, um, you know, it's just one of those tragic things that you feel so bad for the families that are affected. And, and you know, our hearts all go out to them and, and, and to everybody who was involved and all the first responders and everybody who who really was there to, to be, you know, to getting those heroic situations, which you never want, right? You never, you never want those things to happen. And uh, it did put a sad end to, you know, to what, you know, was a pretty, pretty cool day, you know? And um, it's a shame that, you know, people take, take an opportunity like that to, to, to use that as an event that where something like that would happen. But, you know, and I think the chiefs organization has responded really well. I I hope in your circles, you're hearing, the same things that most people are hearing about the way that the chief's family has, has really responded and rallied for everybody involved. I mean, are you hearing those same, same kind of things that people are hearing nationwide? Oh, no doubt whatsoever. I mean, that's absolutely seems like the case. And this community has been responding extremely well. I mean, there have been fundraisers for the families involved, um, funds to, you know, to try to help out. The chiefs have been involved in helping to raise money through the United Way for that purpose as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it has been something that I think that at least has brought the community together, uh, not the way you wanted to. But the response um, to me has has really been positive and strong. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're still learning about the event and what was really behind it. You know, juveniles were involved, which is a big reason why there's uh, the information coming out is slow. But hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, once that we do kind of have a, 
a bit more understanding about what been behind the event. Hopefully we can do things to hopefully keep this from happening in the future. But, you know, at the same time, I also hope that this doesn't end championship parades in Kansas City. I mean, I hope that we continue to celebrate them because especially if the Chiefs, you know, pull this off again and and three-peat, that's something that has nobody's ever celebrated before. And for Kansas City to, you know, to be resilient and to bounce back and to, you know, have a positive celebration after this, I think would be amazing. Yeah, I think anybody, right? Any, you hope it doesn't ruin it for every sport, you know, that, that every, you know, the, the, whoever, you know, now that it's basketball season or hockey season or on to baseball season, like you hope that it doesn't do it for any team that, you know, that, that wants to celebrate. Cause you know, they're all, they're all going to think twice, you know, and uh, you hope that, that they will they will learn from it and and maybe you know take some precautions and steps to keep to keep people safe uh, you know in the future from you know from any lessons learned um, in those situations so yeah it's you just you just hope it doesn't have that effect not just for Kansas City and the Chiefs but for for anybody who wants to celebrate because they're they're really cool days I mean you know I mean my my daughters um, you know we're here in the Philadelphia area and I remember when they were in college when the Eagles won the Super Bowl back in 2017 and. I just, it's, it's one of their favorite memories, like, you know, of being in college, like just, they got, they were in the city. So they got to walk to the parade and, you know, we, you we I grew up in Eagles. Memorable. Oh, the Mummers. The Mummers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, they had big screens up. They were replaying the Super Bowl and, you know, uh, over and over while they were waiting for the team to come down on the bus. And, you know, I just remember like the fun that they had at that. And you just don't want to take that away for future generations. Right. Cause everybody, remembers parades like i just have so many friends here in the philly area you know whether it was the the, the eagles or, or the phil the phillies like man oh, remember when we skipped school and went to the parade and you know you just want that you you want that celebration because it really does give all of the fans in the city an opportunity maybe maybe you can't you know ticket prices are out of your range right, you know financially right. or whatever it just gives yeah, everybody a chance to celebrate yeah. with the team and be a part of it and you just don't want that to end, you know, not just for Kansas City, but any sports fan. So, yeah, fingers crossed that we we all learn from it and, and can move on. Well, well said, guys. Uh, we'll break for our ad real quick and then kind of on to some more uh, fun, lighter things to celebrate what was a great season and then talk about kind of the future a little bit with the Chiefs. Well, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to minute odds, stats, trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code. Believe B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. Well, we're here with our good friend Matt Derrick. He's the uh, beat writer for Chiefs Digest. Matt, always fun having you here. And it was it was fun, Joe. Like Matt's always asking. You know, Andy Reid definitely knows who he is, and um, it's always fun hearing Matt do his great reporting. He was actually the one for the Super Bowl press conference when Andy Reid came out. Uh, Matt actually had, you know, this is this is kind of a hardball question. He was the one who, who asked Andy Reid about Kelsey bumping into him. You know, he was the one, uh, the great question that you asked that, yeah. Matt. That was, a, am sure, a, a favorite memory. I'm curious if you had any other kind of favorite nuggets, favorite memories from Super Bowl week, staying at the Big Dorito and uh, 
I just maybe not necessarily even a play from the Super Bowl, but something that, that uh, stands out that the listeners uh, might really appreciate. Yeah, I, I figured nobody wants to hear me complaining about how much I had to walk um, in Vegas. <laughs> I got my steps in, though. That was great. I, I heard that. I did hear that complaint. So I remember that was one of our conversations was uh, uh, the steps involved in the casino. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely got the steps in. Um, you know, it, it, you know, and there's some things that I will probably also, you know, take on, you know, more meaning down the road and everything, you know, um, especially, hey, there's free agents on this team. So there might be some players that uh, maybe my last conversation with them and then after mm-hmm. that i might i might say oh you know what talking to the to tommy townsend was you know you know kind of a little bit had special more meaning afterwards yeah. you know if this is the last time i got to talk to him before he maybe plays for another team you never know uh but you know uh one of the things that you know far i do you know for my reporting you know sometimes i'm just i just go there to uh, some of these events just to talk to people that I don't normally get to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and opening night's a big one of those because, you know, for me, one, it's incredibly difficult to report anything on opening night. It's so loud and, um, yeah. you know, the commotions, you know, getting good sound is terrible. So sometimes being able to listen to what people were telling you and taking accurate notes is not easy. Um, plus, you know, the players get these oddball questions on opening night that are just from Mars sometimes. And <laughs> so, you know, it, it adds to the difficulty. But then, you know, you get to talk to people, you know, like you know, Andy Reid mentioned Mike Frazier a lot. You get to talk to guys like that, you know, behind yeah. the scenes that normally aren't available to the reporters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, being able to have some of those conversations, um, especially with the guys in the front office and then the coaching staff who are a little bit, you know, lower on the ranks, that to me is one of the you know biggest values of the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl it seems like every year it's because you get to to meet and have some you know conversations with those players and as a result you know I feel like I've even developed some friendships with you know some people that I wouldn't normally get to meet otherwise yeah do you do you find um do you find there's a a, a I don't know what word I'm looking for Matt do you find that there's a um a certain range of players in their careers that you seem to build a relationship with more. I mean, obviously, and just, just speaking kind of realistically and pragmatically, right? Like the Travis Kelsey's and the Chris Joneses and the Patrick's they're, they're probably really tough to, you know, to really get to know. Cause they, they probably keep them pretty insulated. I know that, you know, I know that, you know, like when I was playing Joe Montana was pretty tough. Marcus was pretty tough to get a hold of. Do you find that there is a level of player that is easier um, for you and some and and like some of the folks that you sort of have built that bond with that based on just the fact that they're that they're there and available? You know, that's a, a you know, a big part of it, too, is, you know, just the, you know, their longevity and availability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the, you know, obviously one of the longest tenured players and one of the guys who's been on this team since I've been covering is James Winchester. Mm-hmm. And and awesome. James is always, I mean, he's he's always in the locker room once or twice a week. So, you know, he's regularly available. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I've gotten to know James much better than probably anybody else on the team as far as, you know, getting – uh, to know more about his family and his life away from football and what his interests are, you know, that's that's definitely one of the guys. I also think there's something about probably just um, the personalities or who we are as people that probably also plays a role in that because I know that every reporter would probably give you a different answer about who that they kind of um, connect with the most. But I probably, because of my size, you know, I'm 6'4", 
Um, not as big as I used to be, but I'm still <laughs> offensive lineman sized. Nice. Um, and you know, and Mitch Morse was in the in the offensive line group when when I first started, and Mitch was a Mizzou guy like me, so um, that kind of made the connection there. But um, I kind of live in the offensive line corner of the locker room. I mean, I not that I don't get it other places and everything, but I I go by there almost every single day. Oh, so, for listeners awesome. who can't see this, Joe's face is just lighting up yeah. right now. <laughs> <Come on>. like, <laughs> sweet music to Joe. It's it's that's where it's at. Matt knows where it's at. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're 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 a member of the the fools, the fraternal order of offensive linemen. So well, you, I love it. You got you got the smartest guys in the team are on oh, the stop offensive it. line. Stop, Matt. Now you're just now stop it. Okay. No, I'm just <laughs> hey, the, the old wonder lick backs that up, right? I mean, come right. on. And honestly, I mean, you know this, Joe, I mean, I, oftentimes a lot of guys that don't get to talk, you know, and don't get, you know, people asking, talking to them and everything and asking questions. So sometimes they enjoy the, you know, enjoy the, you know, company and everything. So yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah. When you see, you know, sometimes, you know, back in the day, now you got to remember, I mean, I'm sure technology is a little bit better today, but like back then it, there was there was generally like a lot of lights, you know, especially on game day, you know, or after a game or after a big practice or something or something, if something earth shattering happened in the locker room during the week, like, you know, the, the, the television cameras, you know, they still were like those big, you know, shoulder harnessed cameras that had lights on them. So like, you know, you know, you'd, you'd walk in the locker room and there's Joe Montana with lights all on them and 50 people around them and big microphones. Back then, nobody was recording on, you know, iPhones or things like that. I mean, big microphones and tape recorders jutting into his face. And, you know, there we were over in the O-line corner, you know, just kind of sitting there taking our tape off and, you know, kind of hoping somebody would just stumble on over that was like on the outskirts of the of the group and try to find out, you know, what it meant to the offensive lineman. But you're, you're absolutely right, Matt. It is, uh, it's always welcomed when, when your voice can be heard. Now there were times where, you know, we were taking vows of silence and we didn't want the offensive line. Cause it was a big <laughs> fine. You know, there was, I don't know how it is today. I don't know how those uh, kangaroo courts are working today. Maybe you could fill us in a little on that. If, if the linemen are still hesitant to talk to media because they're afraid they're going to be funding the, uh, the last uh, end of the year uh, O line party. <laughs> good question because i haven't hadn't heard any good kangaroo court stories in a while i'm i'm almost kind of wondering if you know maybe some of the fines for talking to, to media went out when um maybe some guys left the team uh wasn't like it used to be sometimes this has been i mean from a media standpoint an absolutely incredible locker room to cover um awesome. you know uh you know the guys that, that won't talk or don't want to talk i mean actually i kind of understand them you know some of the ones that that don't it's because they just don't play as much and therefore they don't feel like that you know the light should be shining on them and you know they prefer to talk after they've done something and i respect that so i get mm -hmm. that um but no i mean there's no animosity i mean there you don't walk in and you know guys roll their eyes or run out the run out the door or say oh media's coming enemies here get out no there's there's none of that they're they're very professional and it's i i i think that's one of the reasons why we're talking about this team you know consistently being in the super bowls i mean that's just the kind of approach they take to everything i'm sure social media has really has really has these players in tune to what's going on out there and they're all good at it. Right. I mean, we didn't have those kind of tools back in the nineties and the two thousands, you know, to, to like practice, right? Like now every, everybody's a media star. Everybody's got a Twitter page. Everybody's on Instagram. Everybody's in social media tweeting and doing all their things. So it's a totally different environment. So you're right. They're probably much more in tune 
to where you're coming from than than we were because you know there was a couple of sources of of the truth back then and that was it so you're right it was it was uh, it was hard to get that kind of practice and I thought that, you know, some of the rookies coming out in the last couple of years, especially maybe 21, 22 classes that went through COVID and, you know, and didn't have as much of the the face-to-face interviews um, would be more difficult for them. And especially even some of the guys in the league. I mean, because remember in 2020, I mean, the locker rooms were empty. Um, it wasn't until 21 that, you know, reporters started filtering in. And even then, I mean, you know, it was a lower, it was, it was less than usual because we were going through testing and all of this. And so, um, to get in there. And so I was worried that, you know, some of the rookies would not, you know, be as accepting of us, but honestly, I mean, I think they've been, you know, maybe even more accepting than some of the previous classes. Uh, you know, maybe it's that they didn't get the attention. <laughs> so they kind of missed it and maybe it's kind of nice. Um, but, and maybe it's the group of players that they've selected. But um, I mean, I think that some of the younger guys in this team have been incredibly, you know, productive and helpful with the media. Uh, great, great point there, Matt, about just such a good locker room culture. And, and to piggyback on your earlier point about kind of just the the access that you get during Super Bowl week, that that is really true, uh, Joe. It, it's once you get past that craziness of media night, one of the perks is I was I was able to work on just even some like kind of long term features, like Dave Merritt, the defensive backs coach, who I think is one of the best quotes on the team. Like we're able to kind of just you know, uh, BS a little bit. Like he was telling me about playing for Don Shula and some great stories. Like it's really just good for that. And my, my kind of good Super Bowl interview story. So not only do you have all the Chiefs and 49ers to talk to, it's really just the center of the, the football world. And you have hundreds of players coming through to be part of Radio Row, to pitch the products, to go to the Super Bowl parties. And I actually, uh, Matt, had a chance to interview Marshawn Lynch on behalf of a video game uh, he was playing and usually you know how it goes like yeah for these things you ask them some questions about the video game you ask them some NFL questions there were certain NFL topics which I'm sure you guys can guess that I wasn't allowed to ask some particular plays maybe from a previous Super Bowl that were a, a sensitive topic but it was such it was such a, a weird surreal experience that seems very typical for Marshawn he was playing this video game. I was sitting next to me. He wouldn't look at me, and he would be, like, screaming stuff at the game. And he was incredibly nice. Like, he thanked me for his time. He, You know, he he was very polite. And he'd talk a lot, but he wouldn't answer any NFL question. I asked him about the Super Bowl. <laughs> the it, was, it was just so Marshawn. You know, I'm only here, so I won't be. But it was so Marshawn. It was like I, I got my authentic uh, – Marshawn Lynch experience during the Super Bowl. So that was that was a cool part for me. Yeah, there was a great moment for me in Miami because even though I mean I'm covering the team in Kansas City, sometimes you have to go to these places just to run into people that you know you don't normally get to see. Um, but Joe, you'll appreciate this. It's kind of like my first time on the podcast with you, and you know, getting to say, "Hey, this is Joe Valeri. This guy was catching touchdowns in the NFL <laughs> as an offensive lineman." Uh, but I was doing a radio interview, and I was coming on after Nick Lowry, and I was just standing here, I was like, "That's Nick Lowry." I mean, this is a guy who made every kick when I was a kid i mean right. come on this is pretty cool oh that's awesome well it's you know it, it was all week for a lot he was he was definitely yeah. he was like, tasty nfl we saw him on radio row he jumped on our pod for a little bit matt so nice. go ahead, sorry i i, I was no no i was just gonna say yeah he's he's always been one of those people that you could you know you kind of could relate to and uh yeah just uh 
Yeah, but I think, but I think, man, I think going back to your your commentary, it's it it for the players that you know kind of really dive into the media relationships. I think they see it that way, right? I think I think for the most part, they do see the people that go into a career in covering sports and being around sports. They love it, right? You wouldn't do it if you didn't love it, and because uh, it's hard and and it's a lot of work and it's a it's a journey, right? To be a part of the sports world and it's competitive. And I think there's a lot of players that really respect that, and they and they're the ones I I think at least at least from my time in the locker room, the players were who appreciate it were the ones that also grew up as fans of the game and and then could relate to yeah i remember when i was a kid and i would read the sporting news or i would watch the the news on you know we only had three network stations when i was growing up uh you know we had an abc affiliate nbc and a cbs affiliate and like those sports casters to me were were everything because they were my connection to to the sports world like that for me that's the way that i always approached my relationship with the media was that i saw them Growing up, I just remembered that they were my gateway to to the sport, and I always wanted to make sure that I gave back to that and built those relationships with guys, you know, in the locker room like Adam Tyker and you know uh, Kent Pulliam and and you know uh, Joe San uh, Joe San Janimo, right? Is that yeah? So or Pat San Janimo. So um, you know, there were so many people that I you know kind of thought about what their role was, and and it was just it was fun to relive that. And then I became part of the media working for channel nine. So that, <laughs> that was, and KCFX. So, you know, and then I, and then I wasn't allowed in the locker room sometimes because the players were like now get out of your, your media. So they would, they would ban me from the locker room. You know, one of the guys I want to talk about, you're, you're talking about some of these cool, cool guys, you know, talking to the linemen and stuff and how that's always um, beneficial. Maybe they don't have as uh, big a media horde um, around them. Joe and I talked a lot about unsung heroes in the Super Bowl, uh, Matt, on our, our last pod. And the guy, I, I rewatched um, the game. It was on NFL Network, and it was kind of cool to see it through a different perspective. You know, I was in the auxiliary press box. You can't necessarily see all all the action the same way. Um, and, and obviously, you have the analysis from Tony Romo. Anyhow, Joe, you mentioned this on our on our pod or eight ten. The guy who really stood out on that second viewing was Mike Pinnell. I thought the Chiefs were going to be vulnerable without Derek Naughty and Charles Amanahu against a really good uh, rushing offense. He was a force in the running game. and A guy who just like kind of came off his couch, That that is really a great story. Yeah, Mike played an absolutely tremendous game. And uh, I tell you what, I mean, he could probably have three or four more years in the league if he just does exactly what he did this year, yeah. uh, which is you know, skip training camp. I mean, it was a conscious decision on his part. You know, I mean, he so he felt like, you know, at this point, maybe just doesn't have the, the what it takes to go through an entire you know campaign mm -hmm. and season. So um, he was at home. He was staying in shape, but he just wanted to stay ready, uh, you know, because he was like, hey, there's going to be injuries that happen. There's going to mm -hmm. be a team that needs somebody. And, you know, at this point in his career, too, I mean, he didn't necessarily want to play for, you know, a, a rebuilding team or a losing team. I mean, he wanted to kind of limit his options. So he was mm -hmm. kind of hoping and crossing his fingers, say, hey, I stay in shape and maybe there's going to be a playoff team that needs some defensive interior help and I can come in. And of course, Chiefs were the team that came and, and got him at midseason. And uh, it was 
perfectly executed plan by Mike. I mean, um, and if I'm the Chiefs and then Mike Padel, I might plan on maybe again next year. Just say, hey, Mike, go through training camp and the first half of the season. Just go home, work out, stay loose, um, get some injuries. We'll call you in October. Uh, you know, trade deadline comes up. We'll come get you um because he he did i mean he played extremely well um you know uh and played a rather critical role for this team down the stretch yeah. considering what's never on the active roster i mean he spent the entire season on the practice squad and mm -hmm. they just used those elevations to be able to get him up you know so he does that for i think three pre regular season games and then four postseason games play seven games without actually being on the 53 um that's pretty amazing to Crazy, me but yeah. Um, but he played extremely well. There's no doubt. I mean, he fits in really well with this team. Obviously, I think he's a good scheme fit wise. Um, he had a lot. Of, I think he showed he had a lot of juice left, though, especially in the playoffs. And a local, it's really a good story. He did a similar thing in 2019 where he at that time, I, I think he wasn't on the team, Matt, right until later in the season. But he came late, was a big factor down the stretch. And he's also a, I think he's from Topeka. He's like a local guy. So it's a really cool uh story uh matt going forward uh, we talked a little bit about the super bowl now i, I want you to take so the biggest offseason storyline for the chiefs is going to be the free agents chris jones luxurious need how do you see this shaking out do you think who do you think comes back is it an either or do they both come back neither tell us tell us what how you're seeing this play out yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs play this. Um, obviously, the one weapon that they've got is the franchise tag. Um, that's much easier to use with Legereus than it would be with Chris because of Chris's contract situation. Um, you know, the franchise tag for him would be about $32 million. Um, for Legereus, it's going to be more like 18. So, you know, that's a much more manageable number to, to carry on the books for a while. I mean, if you if you carried Chris in that 32 number and and once again, you know, you weren't able to get anything done until July, August, September, um, that number would hamstring you with everything mm -hmm. that you do. I mean, that would be more than half their cap space that they have available. Um, you know, and, and as much as, it, as, as Chris kind of, you know, with the contract situation last year kind of hamstrung them, they can't go through a second off season like that. Right. So that yeah. kind of takes away that weapon a little bit with Chris and the, and the leverage. Um, so I imagined he's going to get a chance to test free agency if they use it with Legereus. Now, of course, there's also the option that, Hey, if they're able to get something done with Sneed quickly, then maybe they can afford to, you know, at least use that temporarily on Chris and see what happens. But, um, you know, there's I don't think you can begrudge either player. Both of them are at the top of their game. They're at the top of their positions. I, I think that they both, you know, have justifications for saying, hey, we deserve to be amongst the highest paid players in our position in the league. So mm -hmm. and I don't I don't I mean, it's a business. So I don't think you can really blame either one of them for trying to get as much money as they can. Um, I'm just interested to see how the rest of the league plays it out because Chris is obviously an older player. So making that three or four year commitment is, is a tough decision, uh, including for the Chiefs. Legereus is younger, but mm -hmm. I know that there are some teams that have concerns about his style of play being too physical, that he might miss games. Um, the knee has been a problem. Remember, he didn't go through all of training camp last right. year because right. of the mm -hmm. knee. So uh, I'm sure there's some teams that will want to look at his medicals and see where he's at. But 
Stacy, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. man. Like the guy doesn't go through training camp at all, and then he's like the best, arguably the best quarter in football. Just yeah, yeah that's a good, com- point. completely devalues the need for training camp, right, Joe? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> Listen, you know, I, I wish Coach Schottenheimer would have lived by that philosophy. We, you know, by the time by the time training camp was over, our, we had played like half a season of hitting, so uh, of of contact football. So yeah, I. I would have relished uh, being in in this era. And Matt, I'm gonna just ask you. I don't want to. I got put on the spot this morning by our friends over at the Border Patrol, and um, you know, I was, you know, they kind of they kind of were pitting like to see what I thought about whether or not Sneed or Jones, if you had to choose, right? Like, and I thought it was a, I, I thought it was a very valid question because it could come down to that, course, right? It right, could. So. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly, Jeff. And uh, to quote like a 1980s movie there for yeah. listeners who, who... No, one, no one under 55 who's listening. Yeah, who's exactly. That but those exactly. <laughs> but it, but it, um, it, it was, I thought it was a very valid question. And, and I, I personally, this was my own humble opinion. I felt like you could, you would lose more if we lost Legarius than if we lost Chris. And, that, and that's just my opinion. I'm not taking anything away from the big guy because he's obviously the best defensive tackle in the league and he's proven it and, and all that stuff. But I just, my thought was that the Chiefs, either in the draft or within free agency, could get somebody closer to Chris Jones. Like I look at what the Eagles have done with drafting all these, you know, guys out of Georgia, right, on the defensive line. They've, I think marginally they could get more out of a, de- a younger defensive lineman to at least get close to Chris Jones than you could when you're talking about the skill of a lockdown physical corner like Legarius Sneed and, and the learning curve that it takes to play corner against some of these unbelievable athletes at wide receiver. So that was my thought, you know, in a nutshell, uh, probably in a little bit less time than I spent with, with the guys, but, what do you think? Am I am I on the right track? Do you, do you feel the same, or or do you think if it had to be an all or nothing, they would they would go one way or the other? I mean, I think it's an incredibly difficult choice. Yeah. Um, I do think that a lot of the the if you're making a list of the pros and cons for each one of them, I think a lot of the boxes probably get checked checked on Legeria's side, um, yeah. simply because of the cost, because of the age, um, because of you know, exactly what you said. I mean, he's a bit of a unicorn in what he's able to give you as far as a, a shutdown corner that can take away the top receiver on the other team. Can Trent McDuffie do that? I mean, we don't know. He hasn't been asked to do it yet i mean maybe he can and and the chiefs do have a lot of depth there you know they've obviously have got you know jeff mentioned they've got you know uh, dave merritt who can coach anybody up and has obviously done that with so many guys they've got an incredibly talented and deep cornerback group so could they handle the loss of legerius more than maybe chris yeah because there's not a lot of depth right now i mean they're gonna have to rebuild that defensive line group especially the interior mm-hmm. um you know right now really neil farrell is the only guy that they have under contract you know that and you know and and isaiah bugs are really the only guys that and matt dickerson and you know two on the practice squad i mean that's kind of it as far as you know the interior goes because Derek Nottie's not under contract Trishon wharton will be a free agent too uh, Mike Pinnell is obviously a free agent. So, um, and Chris is you know, his own kind of unicorn. I mean, he definitely yeah. gives you something that is going to be hard to replace. I mean, you can mm-hmm. get somebody, you know, different than Chris Jones, but you're not, there's not another Chris Jones out there. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's the difficulty. But um, yeah, I, th- I think from a lot of the boxes, I think I'd have to say Legarius is the safer bet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and that doesn't preclude the Chiefs from getting them both done. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's, 
I think it's drawn to an inside straight. It would be tough to get done and do. Um, and a lot of it is honestly going to be on Clark Hunt. I mean, the Chiefs would have to kind of go outside their comfort zone a little bit, which is maybe to spend a, a bit more cash in a year than they would normally be comfortable with. But mm-hmm. you don't get off in the three-peat. So yeah, I think if you're, exactly. if you're the Chiefs and you're going to three-peat, I think you probably need both those guys. Yeah, and hopefully from a marketability perspective, they can find some of that cash given the fact that they've won two Super Bowls in a row and it's been two decades since <laughs> somebody's done it. So hopefully Clark's able to, you know, make the math work. And if there, we know there's anybody that's going to be able to do it, it's Brett Feach, yeah. right? And that front office. So I think you're right. I mean, the the cards are stacked for them to uh, to bring Vegas back into the into the mix here. They're definitely stacked to to at least try to make an effort to do that, right? If they do want to go to the run it back philosophy, but there's other needs too. I mean, I think there's depth at O-line. I think there's wide other areas. Wide, yeah. Well, the wide receiver thing is what, that's what has me. I mean, I, if there was one, you know, again, I got pressed on this question too. Like if there's one position that the chiefs, if you could just say, all right, you only get one thing, one thing this off season coming back as a two time Super Bowl champ, what is it? And I, to me, and I love Rasheed Rice, and I love what they were able to do with this receiving core. With with Travis Kelsey aging, you know, I, I just wonder, you know, Rasheed Rice's secret sauce for me is the fact that he's he's he needs to learn how to to just continue to run routes perfectly because he's not he doesn't have the physical stature of the old Terrell Owens, you know, kind of um, you know uh, uh, Randy Moss, you know, type where he's going to beat you up. He doesn't have quite the speed of Tyreek Hill where he's going to beat you with flat out speed. He just, he has to combine all of that, his skills with, he has to run routes perfectly. Right. And if he continues to do that, he could be that number one, he could be the next great receiver in this organization, but it would be nice to have, you know, a big time receiver that, you know, is going to get bracketed on every, every single play. So that was my thought on, on that. And given that, you know, then that throws a whole nother mix in. If you if you feel like you do need a big time receiver, what does that do to the Snead Jones math? And it's just, you know, hey, that's why the NFL gives us, you know, a chance to do a podcast every week, right, Jeff? We don't we never take a week off because there's always something to talk about in the NFL. Yeah, there's no games right now, but man, the news is just as hot and just as heavy. So yeah, uh, they start setting up for the combine in a week, and you know, in like ten days is when it really kicks off and gets going. So there's there's no off switch on the NFL, especially when you keep going to Super Bowls. I mean, you know, Chiefs don't get a couple of weeks off like some other teams do. Yeah, it's no wonder the uh, Roger Goodell gets paid so much because he has literally turned this into a you know three hundred and sixty five day affair, which is pretty cool. So with with all that, Matt, hopefully you're getting a chance to come up for for air a little bit for this offseason, just just a little bit. I I, I will I'll probably listen to some uh, podcasts like like you guys and everything on my way to Indianapolis. That'll that'll be my downtime. So that's <laughs> nice. a that's a nice little eight hour drive. So yeah, we'll, we'll bang out a couple there. Awesome. Well, Love Matt, it. you always bring such a great perspective. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's unbelievable the inside information that you have and uh, you know enjoy the uh, enjoy this off season and and well what lack of off season there is, but uh, you know it's awesome to have you on. You you've such a great way about communicating this stuff to listeners. So thanks uh, so much for joining us. It is always a pleasure. And you know, I'm a big fan of both of you guys. So anytime you want me, I'm here. Well, thanks. Uh, Listeners out there, be sure to check out Matt's uh, content on Chiefs Digest, all kinds of great stuff. And like I said, he was the one asking the tough questions, Andy Reid. So uh, that's why you got to check out his content. 
And if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. And go, Chiefs! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.